SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two right here at SportsGrid Radio. Scott Lutz along with George Kurtz. We take you right up until 4 p.m. Eastern time. Breaking down the NFL college football scene last night with Georgia winning the national championship. Got baseball news as supposedly the owners and players are going to meet tomorrow, Thursday, actually, not tomorrow, but Thursday, and, uh, you know, have this secret powwow where they're all going to get together and decide how they're going to spend their gazillion of dollars and try and find a, uh, an even keel and uh, where both sides can live with themselves. I know it's so difficult to break down a billion, literally billions and billions of dollars. Oh, the pain that must be. You have to suffer through that. Uh, so... Uh, We'll get to all those stories and check out the NHL and NBA scene a little bit later on as well. Talk a little NFL. Well, we'll get real quickly with the Georgia game last night. George, uh, you know, touch on that for a second. Georgia does win 33-18. Good for the Bulldogs, I guess. Kirby Smart, to me, still looks a little weird on the sideline. Like, if that's one of those guys that if you saw him walking down the street, you wouldn't automatically think, okay, there goes a college football head coach. He he comes across a little goofy looking, but it is what it is. They win the championship. They won it fair and square. You know, you can make the case that most of the game, the uh, calls went against their way. Not really, I didn't think bad calls, but just like bad breaks, you know, an inch or two here or there, and it's a fumble or it's a complete pass and this this type of thing. Uh, but the defense has really been the heart and soul of that team all year, and it came through again, uh, you know, last night, holding uh, Alabama to field goal after field goal after field goal after field goal. And that really, when you take a step back and look at the big picture, that was it. You know, Alabama could have won that one. If they're playing South Carolina or Vandy or Mississippi State or one of those other goofy teams in the SEC, they'd probably win that game 50-15, to 15, you know. But they were playing Georgia, and they were getting field goals, not touchdowns. And uh, in the end, that wasn't going to get it done, and Georgia wins. Yeah, I said, I, for me, I think uh, losing the receiver early, you know, I think that definitely hurt the uh, hurt Bama. You know, Jameson Williams going down. Uh, it, it's just changing your whole offense. I think it's also a mental uh, thing as well. He, uh, he lost our best guy. You know, guy's going top five in the draft, top ten at worst here. Uh, so I think that was an issue there as well here. Changes your game plan around. Uh, you said they set up the field goals. I thought there were times maybe he should have gone for it as well, especially in, uh, in today's game. Uh, Nick Saban, but he kept, kept, kept kicking the field goals. Kept waiting for the big play here. I think what you said is very true. Uh, I thought the officials did a good job in the game, by the way. So I'm not getting on the officials at all here. I thought for the most part they let them play, which I kind of like to see. And But the calls that, that that did happen, I thought either they were right or once again, I'm not I'm not overruling it. It was too close to it. could have gone either way here. You know, but the ones they did make did seem to go uh, against Georgia. So good for them for battling back from that as well. Uh, I thought the Georgia defense is just – I said the first thing I know is how fast that defense is. I mean, they close quickly. Uh, yeah. So that was impressive. Uh, so I can't say I'm surprised that uh, – or I should, I should say I can't say I'm shocked. I think uh, you just expect Alabama and Saban to win. Right? So right. I, uh, I, I think I did as well here. So uh, good, good game, entertaining. It got blown out at the end here like a lot of these games do in uh, one and dones. But, but it was entertaining game. I know it was kind of boring with the field goals. As you said, no big plays. But, hey, you're a football fan. The game was close. It was decent to watch. If you're not a fan, yeah, this, probably, this game's probably not going to make you want to be one. Right. Like if you're not a fan, you might have turned the game off at halftime and said, "All right, I give it a try. It's, it's you know national championship game, but is this really exciting? No, kind of, kind of not." And I'm not a big fan of the four letter network with with uh, Fowler and Herb Street. You know, nothing against those guys. And you know, for a regular season game, I think they're fine, but. They don't, to me, bring cachet, you know. I watch a game 
and Madden involved when he was around, you knew it was a big-time game. I'll watch the game now. If it's Romo and Nance, I know it's a big-time game. You know, uh, you know, Michaels and Collinsworth, even though I had their issues uh, with, with Michaels uh, on Sunday night. You know, But you know it's a big-time game. I don't get that sense when those two are on the air. You know, there's too much jibber-jabbering back and forth and too much sports talk. You know, just, just you know, give me the game. And I, I don't know. I, they don't bring that. That thing that you know broadcasters all strive for. Boy, when when Wetzel and Kurtz are on the air, it's something big has got to be happening. You know, uh, clearly they all say that, but I, you don't say that um, when I, I hear Herb Street and and uh, Fowler do a game. I just I don't get that feeling. So uh, that's why I didn't like their broadcast Saturday night either when they were doing the football, the NFL game. I, I thought first of all it was a tough spot. You doing an NFL game Saturday, then you do a national championship game Monday. But whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think if you weren't a football fan, then you probably turn that game off at, at, at halftime. So, But I am surprised. You know, you told me before the game Alabama would have the lead fourth quarter. Uh, I would have said seven times out of ten, even against Georgia, they would have found a way to win the game, but they didn't. The letdown by the Alabama defense, you know, which was nearly as good as Georgia all season long, they had the lead fourth quarter. They couldn't hold them. They let them score twice, and then they got the third touchdown on the interception. You know, two times they kind of ran out of gas. So, and really, it was Alabama's offense that was on the field a lot more than Alabama's defense. And the Bama defense still ran out of gas. So, uh, you won with a mediocre. It's amazing the mediocre quarterbacks that have won national championships. And Stetson Bennett, they don't make no mistake, he's not going to be playing in the NFL on Sundays. Just, just take a look at Jake Fromm. Oh my gosh, what is that guy doing in an NFL uniform? So, um, you know, but it's it's the mediocre quarterback, and I think Bryce Young will when everything is said and done. Although he's small, he really is small, but still, I think he'll be playing on Sundays. Uh, and Georgia is uh, Georgia and Alabama, the two co-favorites at, at two to one on FanDuel to win it again next year. So, same old, same old, same time next year as the, the movie was said. Yeah, I mean, uh, at this point, it's a shock if Alabama is not there, right? I mean, uh, Georgia yeah. certainly could be Georgia, there. maybe not, but oh. Alabama, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I would like say it's almost like a bet on that. I'd bet on that that Alabama will be there again. That's it. Seems to be a perennial thing here uh, with the, the topic. So, wouldn't shock me at all. That it is. That is for sure. All right, back to the NFL. A little baseball talk as well. We'll check out the hockey scene, NBA. See if we can find a couple of winners with the boys in Vegas. So all coming up next, right here, hour number two, Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Young Lewis George Kurtz. Thank you to write up until 4 p.m. Eastern time. You know, I mentioned hour number one. Uh, the NFL did reveal its schedules for next season. Now, not the specific dates and times and all that other stuff, but you know who your favorite team will be playing the home games and the, the road games. So I, I find it interesting, you know, as a Dolphin fan, you know, we had a pretty, I'll tell you, why not? I've devoted a lot a lot of time and energy and money into this dopey team. So, uh, you know, we had a real easy schedule this past year. Things not too bad, you know, when you look at it this season. Dolphins at home. Uh, Bills, Jets, Patriots, obviously Browns, Steelers. So they play the central or the North Division. Uh, they got the Bengals and Ravens on the road in that division. They got the Texans, Vikings, and Packers at home, and they play the Chargers, Bears, Lions, and 49ers on the road. So a little bit of uh, AFC North, a little bit of uh, 
NFC North, well, the entire NFC North, and then the Vikings and, and or the Texans and Chargers kind of throw it into the mix. I did find it interesting, George, that the Jets and Giants schedule is remarkable. It's almost identical uh, at a conference. And uh, the Ravens will be playing not once but twice at the Meadowlands. The Lions will be playing not once but twice at the Meadowlands. And that Raven game has particular interest in the Wetzel household just because I have a relative who I'm not really talking to. But he doesn't really know that. But I'm not uh, on the Ravens team. But I digress. Um, the Giants schedule outside of the divisions. Bears, no one's going out of the way to watch the Bears. Panthers, no one's going out of the way to watch the Panthers. Lions, who wants those tickets? Texans, oh, good, God, awful, right? Uh, Colts, not too bad. And then Ravens. Not exactly a great, and then the Jets, outside of the big three, you know, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, they got the Bungles, which is now a draw, the Ravens, Jaguars, who cares, Lions, who cares, and Bears, who cares. So the, Ra the Ravens, Bears, and Lions play the Jets and Giants both at the Meadowlands this year, or next year. So they'll have two home games, or two, uh, two games uh, in New Jersey. Kind of weird. It is kind of weird. We, we see that uh, at times uh, with other teams as well that play. Uh, sometimes I think the Rams play the Giants Jets back to back in the Meadowlands this year, which is really odd uh, the way the schedule worked out. Uh, the way the NFL does a schedule, by the way, they don't release this. You can figure out who's going, who, which team you're going to play. Yeah, CBS did figured it all out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's it's easy to do. It's not very hard. You play 17 games. You know you're playing six in your division. You're down to 11. You're playing one division in your own conference. Now you're down to seven. You're playing one division in the other conference. You're down to three. You know, that just rotates each year. You know who that's going to be. Of those three remaining games, you play uh, like the Cowboys finish first in the NFC East. So whatever division they're not order that they're not playing every team in, they're going to play the first place team in the other two divisions. Now you're down to one. And then you got the 17th game, which will be against the team in another, uh, the other division in the AFC that you're not playing the full division against. This year, the Cowboys played one game against the uh, New England Patriots, the third-place team last year in the AFC East. This year, they're going to play uh, the first-place team, I believe, in the... I think it's the West. Or Pam, I'm not 100% sure about that. I have to check. Uh, that's just the way it works. So it's, like I said, you can figure it out as soon as the season ends and you know where everybody's finishing. And then this, uh, the schedule's done. Well, I shouldn't say the schedule. Who you're playing is done. Well, yeah, you wouldn't know if you're home and away, season. though, right? I have to the, you, I have you will to know if you're home and away. Yes, you'll know that too. Uh, that that works. That that's all done as well. What you don't know, which is amazing when you think about it, we all know, already know who's playing who. But you don't know is dates and times. That's right. it. Yet we'll all go bananas for that May when it's uh, react, released, right? I know oh, who's playing the want... opening Thursday night game. Yeah, who's playing yeah, the doubleheader yeah. on Monday night? Oh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know, it's amazing that that show will draw massive ratings just to find out dates and times. Yeah. Then people pretend like they didn't know who they were playing when the schedule comes out. It's like, no, the, the schedule has been out. You're right. You, you, you can figure it out. It's not that – as long as you know the rotating bases with the opposing teams, you know, other conferences and divisions and stuff, um, then you can. And this year or, or next year, I should say. I'm looking at it like it's this year. But next year, the AFC gets the uh, extra home game or uh, extra uh, road game. You know, this year, the AFC got the extra home game. With a 17-game schedule now, it's unbalanced. So – NFC had the extra road game last year, and then the NFC will now have the extra home game uh, next year. So that's why you get the little unbalanced uh, schedule there. So interesting, but it is but it is out. 
Uh, so, yeah, bring down the games here real, real quickly. Uh, I start off with the Raiders uh, getting five and a half now against Cincinnati. That's down from six to five and a half. So the money is coming in on the Raiders, despite what I'm saying. Over-under is uh, 49. Uh, these two teams, as you mentioned, did the meet earlier in the year. Bengals did win. I'm expecting the same thing. I don't know if the Burrow injury is really that serious, that he didn't play the final uh, sequence there uh, against Kansas City. Then he had the full week off, so I'm, I'm guessing he's 100%. Thrown for almost 1,000 yards his last two games combined. Eight touchdown passes. I mean, to put that into perspective, that's nearly as many as Trevor Lawrence passed all year. Burrow had in two games. I mean, the guy's been on fire. I mean, if they play anywhere close to that, they're going to blow the Raiders out. I like Cincinnati in the game. I'd probably lay the five and a half. And I, as you know, uh, I, I love the over in the game. Your thoughts on that contest? I'm with you on both here. This is one we're definitely lock, stock, and barrel here. I think the Bengals take care of business. I think the Ra Raiders got screwed here. I think uh, a very emotional uh, win on Sunday night. Uh, and good for them for going for the win there. I really want to see a tie, though. But uh, they got beat up by Cincinnati just a couple weeks ago in Cincinnati. I don't think things are going to change all that much on Sunday. You know, Cincinnati's been able to rest, get everybody uh, good for this game. I think Burrow is going to be fine. Uh, after what happened uh, with the knee injury, we didn't hear any reports of anything else going on here. So I have to assume he's going to be fine. So yeah, uh, I think the Bengals take but... care of business. Let me ask you this. When it comes to a team like the Raiders, uh, you can put the Cowboys in here, uh, Pittsburgh, probably Green Bay, New England, maybe one or two other teams. Do you, if, if you're going to bet against them, do you want to wait as late as possible because there will, there will be more Raider money coming in, which means you might even get a lower spread? No, I wouldn't fool around too much. Listen, if you wanted to wait just because of the COVID situation, then I, I'd, I'd be okay with it. But nah, I'm not going to quabble over 48 and a half or, or, or five and a half to six and a half. You know, if it was going to go over seven, then it would be okay. But yeah, whether it's six, whether it's five, whether it's four and a half, even it, it you know. I don't think it's the only the Bengals are going to win by five. So, you know, even if it dropped to five, I wouldn't, you know. Is it going to get to four? I doubt that. Could get to four and a half, and you could buy the hook uh, down to four. But even that, I, I, you know, now if it was like I said, seven or three, those magic numbers, then maybe I would. But nah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't worry. But again, if you wanted to worry with the COVID, then, then I would fully understand that 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 would be a little different. Buffalo's laying four against the Patriots. Uh, Patriots the first game up in Buffalo, as we all know, and that slugfest where they threw the football, what, three times, I think it was, two or three times. Uh, and then Buffalo won the rematch a couple weeks later at New England. Uh, over under is 43 and a half. They're calling for frigid temperatures, George, in, uh, in Buffalo for that Saturday night game. So, you know, uh, we may see another one of those uh, hand the ball off 70 times for the New England Patriots like we got in game one with those kind of conditions. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, weather.com. Nine degrees, that's your high. Yeah. Nine degrees, and that's for daytime high, which means you're talking the evening. This is, remember, this is the night game. Two degrees. All right, the wind is at 10 miles now, which means it's going to feel like negative uh, degree football. Yeah, you're talking about pretty much what Green Bay, Minnesota played in, right, a couple weeks ago. So it's going to be cold. I think the good news for the uh, Bills is, well, cold, but the wind, you should be able to throw the football. All right, because we know in that first game against New England, uh, in Buffalo, what, a month ago or so on Monday night, they, they couldn't throw the ball. Just couldn't get it done here. But I think this does play into New England's hands. The worse the weather, the better for the Patriots here. I think Bills are the better team. I think New England's had a fantastic season, but it should come to an end here. And now the spread's only four. If I, I, think, if I, would, if, I think if New England was getting six, I would take New England. Getting four, I'm sort of I'm hesitating here. I don't feel 
comfortable. I'm probably looking more to parlay this uh, for the minus 196 on the money line here than take the four, uh, than give the four points here. But I'm close. But I need to pick him up a little bit. I tell you, out of all the lines, I think this is the one I would hop on early. I think that 43 and a half is going to go down. I think that that's a, a good play right now with those conditions. I could see that dropping, and I could see that would be the scoreless first quarter. I'd be all over the under 43 and a half. This is going to be a good middle opportunity to go over in game five. George Kurt, Scott Wetzel, yours truly, sit again. More coming up on Sports the Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scott Wetzel along with George Kurtz. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV. Uh, uh, game number three, all right, those are the two games on Saturday. So Raiders at Cincy at 4.30 Eastern time, then the Patriots and the Bills. And I do like the Patriots. I, I think they find a way, George, to, to win this game. Uh, I, I've kind of bought into them late for the longest time. I was, I was a naysayer, no, 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 no. Um, then when they beat Buffalo, and I figured they would lose the second game. That would have been tough to, to beat the Buffalo twice. I didn't expect that, but, you know, that Patriot defense come playoff time and Belichick, and you look at some of the teams that are in the postseason, you know, matching wits. Are, are the Bungles, even with Burrow and Zach Taylor, going to beat uh, Bill Belichick? No way. No way. Uh, you know, outside of Andy Reid, I got to see, you know, is uh, Fasaccia an interim head coach who's nothing but a special teams coach with the Raiders? Not that they would face them, but if they did, are they going to beat the Belichick? No. Uh, I don't even got confidence in Sean McDermott beating Belichick in a big game. I, you know what? I think the Patriots have a little bit of a run in them. I think they win this game, I, and I would play them on the money line. And I do, as I mentioned before the break, I do like that under a lot. That is a great it's wind chills at zero. It's Saturday night. Uh, you, you know the Patriots can't throw the football. You know, they, they showed that in game number one under those circumstances. Um, this, to me, has like 13-10 written all over. I would be all over the under at 43.5. That's the one, like I said, that I think that can be down. That might be down to 41 or so by, by game time. And if it does go higher, then you know what? Bet it again because I, I cannot see this being like a 27-20 game. Not with that Bills offense. The Bills offense put 17 points on the board against the – or 27 points on the board against the Jets. The, the god-awful Jets, for goodness sakes. How are they going to do that against the Patriots defense in a, in a playoff game? Well, once again, the wind on Sunday was a factor. It was whipping around there. It's not expected. And to it's going to be against Sunday night. It's not going no, to be it's not. No the not or Saturday be bad. night. It's not expected to be bad. Only about 10 miles an hour right now is what the uh, forecast is for. The forecast is just for cold. Yeah, if that wind was bad Sunday night, but uh, Saturday night, by the way, my God, uh, it'd be, <laughs> they saw the wind chill be in the negative 20s. You'd be dying out there. Uh, God bless the Buffalo, uh, you know, Bill's Mafia there. That, that's going to be cold. Uh, no way in hell you can't go to that game. No way. There's not, there's not enough alcohol in the world for me to do that. Uh, not happening. Uh, I, I'm on the Bills. I think the Bills win the game here. I think the Patriots have had a fantastic season. I think they'll look to protect Mac Jones again in this game. They're going to look to run. They're going to look to run. Uh, I think it's the way it's going to be here. I think they'll assume that, once again, the Bills uh, can't score at will. You know, so they can play that kind of run game, see if they can get them to make mistakes. Uh, you know, if, if Josh Allen has the arrogant arm and throws some balls, maybe he shouldn't throw here. You know, and it's, I, does, that does worry me as well here. In the end, though, I just like the weapons on the Bills more like the uh, Patriots. I think it will be a somewhat close game. This is 
why I'm I, I want to see that spread go up to oh, I'd love to get the five. I think a five I would take it here. Four scares me a little bit where I'm gonna leave it alone here. But I do like the Bills to win the game. And I'm with you on the uh, the under. And there's no way it's gonna it's going up. There's no way in hell it's only gonna go down. So if right. you do want the under, yeah, you want to take it now. Yeah. Tampa Bay takes on Philadelphia, another rematch of a game uh, in which the Bucs won uh, this season, 28-22 to at Philadelphia. It was 28-7, and uh, the Eagles made a late run to, to make it closer, but, you know, nowhere do you ever really think they were going to lose the football game. Eight and a half, over under 49. I mentioned I like the over just because the Bucs have put 30 points plus on the board, 11 of their last 12 home games. I, I can't see that uh, streak being strapped here, so, snapped here. So you, you got to believe they're going to get 30, you know, 33, 34. Uh, will Philadelphia be able to keep up with that? I kind of doubt it, but I do love the over. I, I think they'll get, you know, 15 uh, to, you know, they're not going to get 15, but 14 to 17, you know, maybe 20. Uh, keep in mind, the last year, George, in their Super Bowl run, their worst game really was, uh, you know, against the Washington Redskin Potatoes in, in uh Against Taylor Heineke, who actually covered the spread. You know, Tampa Bay obviously won, but Tampa Bay did play, uh, you know, their worst game, if you will, score-wise, against uh, Washington in week number one So of the postseason. So would that happen again? You know, kind of doubt it. That was a road game for Tampa Bay, if you remember. This is a home game, a different story. I, I like Tampa Bay a lot in the game. So do I. It's a good matchup for them. What Philadelphia does well is run the football, right? That's what they're good. We don't even know if Sanders is going to be able to play or how effective they'll be with the hand. Howard, Scott, it's, they're not scary in this Tampa Bay defense. The Tampa Bay defense stops the run. That's what they're best at, especially up the middle. Maybe you'll try to run outside. Uh, good luck with that. You'll run with Hurts as well. I think he might be able to do some damage here. But I don't think he'll be able to do enough in the pass game to make up for what you can't get in the run game here. I do have some concerns about the Tampa Bay offense. I assume that Darius Slade travels wherever Mike Evans goes. And, you know, force my uh, Brady. All right, you want to throw the Grayson? You want to throw uh, to Perriman, to Scotty Miller? Fine, go for it. But you're not going to beat us with uh, with Mike Evans. I assume that's how it's going to work there. Gronk, I think, could have a big game here as well. Maybe Cameron Braid. You got L.J. Howard. I don't expect much from him. But, uh, you know, that's what I expect. I think Tampa Bay is going to score some points here just like you do. I probably lean towards the over as well along with Tampa Bay. Uh, Philadelphia, I think, listen, I think they'll score the 17 points we're going to need here. Maybe even get to, uh, you know, 20, 24 wouldn't shock me. But I can't see them really competing with Tampa Bay. I just can't hear. Uh, weather won't be a factor in this game, 70 degrees and sunny. Yeah. Uh, and then your Dallas Cowboys uh, laying three only against San Fran uh, over under 51. You know how I feel about the Niners, my preseason pick to get to the Super Bowl. I uh, like the fact they were able to beat the Rams. I don't like the fact, George, that all of a sudden people are jumping on the Niners bandwagon. Boy, they're on the road uh, getting only three, still plus 140 on the money line, which for a three-point spread is, is is halfway decent. I've seen that in the 130s before. I just, I, I don't like it when the nation jumps on a team. Like, they're buying into this rhetoric of, okay, San Fran runs and Dallas can't stop the run, so... That's going to push that line maybe even lower. When in reality, I, I wish I wish it would be, oh, yeah, Dallas is at home. They're a four-and-a-half, five-point favorite. They're going to kill the Niners. You know, it's the stinking Niners. They didn't win their division, backed into the playoffs, got real lucky, easiest to schedule in the NFL last year. I'd rather have that scenario than all of a sudden people thinking the Niners are the greatest thing in the world again. Well, I do think the spread will go higher. I do, because once again, the Cowboy money is going to come in. It always does. I think it will go higher than three. Uh, listen, San Fran, we know they run the ball well. And it is the one thing, I wouldn't say Dallas is poor run defense. It's the one thing they struggle with at times, though, is, to, uh, is once again stopping the run. They're a, 
uh, a sort of a finesse defense where they're coming up to your quarterback. Uh, that's what they do well here with Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons, if he's on the line. They're coming after the quarterback. You know, so and it also fits this team when they get a lead. You know, they get a lead, 10 up thing, or something like that, where you have to throw the football and they know what you're gonna do, and they can they can play one-dimensional defense. Yeah, they're dangerous. They are very dangerous. So that's what the Cowboys need here. I think the, I think it's gonna be a close game. You know, I don't think it's gonna be like the you know, it wasn't the 90s when these two teams were playing with Steve Young and Troy Aikman, but I think it'll be a good close game here. Uh, the Cowboys, talk to me about Dak, Scott. Talk to me about Dak. His uh, history tells us in big games he comes up small, especially when they're not up uh, against the NFC East, right? So uh, until I see Dak do something in a big game here, I'm going with San Fran. I'll wait because once again, wow. I think I'm going to get another half, maybe another point here, but I'm going with San Fran. I don't, as a Cowboy fan, I just don't trust Dak. You look at his numbers against good teams, especially ones out of the NFC East. I know what the joke is. There are no, no good teams in the NFC East. But they're bad. His numbers are just horrible. I mean, we're not talking, oh, they're a tick lower than against other teams. No, they're bad. He does not play well against good teams. Uh, we'll see. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he turns it around when he plays better because the way to beat San Fran is to attack that secondary. That's how you uh, beat San Fran here. So if he can do that, that will, be, uh, will succeed somewhat. And also, for the love of God, McCarthy, Kellen Moore, Zeke is done. Right, it's easy to see. He has no burst anymore. Pollard has to start. There's a role for Zeke, I'm sure. You know, he, he is a very good pass blocker. He can be a good short yardage guy, but he's not your lead running back anymore. My God, do you need me to show to say the numbers? Uh, these, you know, Mike Kelly. So I mean, it's easy to see these. They're, yeah. he's, they're bad. They're horrible. Oh, he reached a thousand yards rushing. Congratulations, that's sixty yards a game. Yeah. Who the hell cares in this day and yeah. age? Now Zeke is done. Pollard should be the guy. It's just so frustrating once again as a Cowboy fan to see with oh, there's an opening there. Zeke's hitting the opening. Yet he can still only get four yards because he doesn't have the burst to get through it. Over and over again, Pollard should be starting for this team. I think they got one more year of him with guaranteed money in that contract. Yeah, because they extended his contract. Yeah. Yeah, They should have done that. They could have gotten out of it after this year. Oh, making me mad, Scott. Yeah. Kansas City laying 12 and a half. Here's my upset special uh, against Pittsburgh over under 46. Sunday night game, no doubt it'll be freezing in, in Kansas City. Uh, don't they call me crazy, if you will. I think the Steelers win the game outright. I, I think it's a perfect setup. I know everyone thinks Pittsburgh stinks, and they do. <laughs> you know, they, they got embarrassed a few Walk weeks ago in Kansas City. But it's the perfect storm. I, you know, I've seen this scenario get played out. You know, Pittsburgh's lucky they got in. They're playing with house money. Kansas City knows they beat this team. They're 10 times better than Pittsburgh. They'll be poo-pooing it. They'll be figuring out who they're going to play the next week. And lo and behold, the Steelers defense will play one of their A games. Listen, they can, they can lose again 36-10 as the first score was, you know, and that wasn't even that close. I mean, it was just an ugly game from Roethlisberger. And Kansas City was do, was able to do whatever they wanted on an offense. And that, that could happen again, but... This team's got too much character. Any other team, I'd say, okay, it'll happen again. But uh, Pittsburgh's got too much character. They've been given a gift here, playing with house money. I would not be surprised at all with a Pittsburgh win. I really wouldn't. And I do like them a lot with the 12 and a half. All right, I got, I've got Mike Cardano on line one. He's insisting that you take a drug <laughs> test after Drug this. test, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, drug test is going to be necessary here. Uh, no, I think this, is, this game's an ass-kicking. It's actually going to be, I mean, for Kansas City, pleasant. It's going to be pleasant. Uh, 39 degrees during the day. It'll go down, of course, during the night. But that we'll take that run. Uh, wind, uh, winds are about 11 miles an hour. No big deal here. Uh, not much chance of precipitation. I 7% here. So, give me, give me Kansas City all day. I think this is an ass 
I think yes. this is Kansas City destroying Pittsburgh. I think, hey, they got there. I love Mike Tomlin. He's my favorite head coach. I will watch every Mike Tomlin press conference, including the one after this loss. I don't know. I got a feeling they're going to surprise the nation. I really do. One game left, the Monday Nighter. Oh, and where they pumping up this Monday night game all week on all the networks. We'll talk about that next week. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid Radio Network. Scott Wetzel, George Kirk sitting in on this Tuesday afternoon. One more game to break down before we touch on a little baseball. We'll check out the lines here in hockey and uh, NBA as well. We'll find some winners with the boys in Vegas. That's your Monday night game. Little rematch. So out of the six games uh, this week, we've had five be played uh, earlier, at least one time, and in some cases two with Buffalo. There you go. Uh, and the uh, Buffalo and the Patriots are now the uh, Rams and Cardinals squaring off two NFC West division teams. This time it's the Rams uh, laying four against the Cardinals, over under 49 and a half. George, I tell you, a um, couple of coaches to me showed their true colors this weekend. Uh, I, I thought Boy Wonder Jr. there in uh, with the Chargers. I was going to say San Diego, but with the Chargers. You know, he had a chance to go for two, win the game at the end of regulation, and all this craziness going for it in his own 18-yard line and uh, all the mumbo-jumbo and craziness that we've dealt with with him. Didn't have the guts to go for two. Kicked the one, and he loses in overtime, so he gets what he deserved. Another one was Boy Wonder number one, and that is uh, the L.A. Rams. You know, they had a chance, Sean McVay. Third and seven, up seven, two and a half, three minutes left, right around midfield, so not deep inside their own territory. Third and seven, with the greatest quarterback in the history of mankind who's going to lead us to the promised land, Matthew Stafford. And what do they do? They run the ball. And, they, and they're not going to get the first down. You never get a first down, third and seven, running the ball no matter what, especially in that circumstance. They don't. They punt the ball away. San Fran goes the length of the field. They tie the game. They go to overtime, and the rest is history. So we got two of these wild and crazy, innovative, wow, geniuses, and they both choked at the wheel as far as I'm concerned. That, that play didn't get a lot of publicity. Third and seven with Matthew Stafford, and you ran the ball. You know, you get a first down, the ball game is over. That tells me a lot about Sean McVay and how much confidence and the lack of confidence he has uh, with uh, Matt Stafford. I'll take the Cardinals. Thank you very much. I'll go with Kyler. For whatever reason, don't ask why, but they play much better on the road than they do at home. I don't get it, but I'm not going to fight it any longer. Uh, I love the Rams this past weekend. I thought they would find a way to win. They didn't, and uh, I'm off their bandwagon big time. Give me the Cardinals plus the four. You know, for the sake of radio, uh, I'll, I'll argue with you a little bit here, all right, all right. Uh, about Stafford. Right? Actually, it was actually under two minutes when the uh, San Fran got the ball back, so I think I would have run to it. San Fran had no timeouts left. So I think I would have run the ball, too, as well. There, Remember, Stafford also got hurt about two plays before that. He was crushed. on a, uh, he threw the, That's the one where he threw the ball. I thought, he, I thought he threw up a punt. Cup ended up catching it because Cup catches everything nowadays, but he threw up a punt. You know, he got hurt on that play on the sack here. I think I'm going to guess it was a groin or a calf or, you know, hamstring, something like that. He definitely got hurt. You can see him hobbling the rest of the game. So I do wonder if that's why that played into the run. Because I thought the same thing as you. 
Put the game away. You have Cup having a season of seasons here. Let's go. You know, put the ball, find him, throw the ball to him. So uh, I'll, I'll defend him a little bit there, a little bit. Plus, you got to assume, you knew when you punted the ball that, you know, I think it was, uh, if I remember correctly, they had more yards to go than there were seconds on the clock. I think they had to go 89 yards in 87 seconds. Yeah, with no timeout, you got to assume your defense can stop that. You just have to. So I think it's Jimmy G, not exactly, uh, we're not talking Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady here. I didn't work out. The NFL. The NFL is, you know, these guys are all capable of going down the field. You give me almost two minutes. I know you need to get a touchdown. I get that. And I know you don't get the clock stoppage like you do in in college. I get, you know, but it's nearly two minutes to go, uh, you know, 85, 90 yards, whatever. You know, we've seen plenty of quarterbacks do that. I, I just thought you have a chance to win the game. You win the game, you know, call a timeout. You want to give uh, Stafford a little bit of a breather? If you think he's banged up there a little bit, okay, I had no problems with that. You know, go ahead and call a timeout then. Uh, I, I just thought that was very weak on their part, you know, for them, you know, again, for everyone telling me how great Matthew Stafford is and this and that and how he's going to be the difference and blah, 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 blah. You got a chance to win the game and you hand the ball off. You, you knew you were punting the ball away. So actually, I, I didn't have much of an issue with it, although it did dawn on my mind, which you might want to go for the throat here. Uh, like I said, with a couple of the season here, he's having there. Uh, and the other one was uh, I now this is just me. I'm just purely playing uh, guessing games here with Staley because uh, I thought the same thing. Oh, he should go for two. Go for two. Let's go. Burrow just got the game winning goal, you know, the game tying uh, touchdown or, or could be a game tying touchdown. Do you want to put the game away here? You know, uh, all right, kicks the extra point. And I'm thinking I'm wondering this. I wonder if the reason he kicked the extra point rather than go for two is because, well, you know what? I got two chances to win now. We can get the coin toss. We can go down the field, get a touchdown. Or, yep. you know, Raiders may not care. Play for the tie. You know, you might, might be able to do that too. I'm just purely guessing here. But Staley, because I thought he should have gone for it. My first thought was, oh, he should go for two. You know, once again, because it's Staley. He goes for two every damn time, right? He's going for it on fourth and whatever it was from his own 18-yard line. So why not go for two here? Now, he's not horrible, mind you, but I did dawn on me that he should go for two as well. Uh, ended up not, but he didn't, and uh, it certainly cost him there. Like I said, just for the sake of radio, I'll push back a little bit. But uh, like I said, first thing that went through my mind was, oh, Staley should go for two here. Let's go see if we can put this game away. But I think he was thinking, you know what? We can win with toss and go down right down, win the game, or might have been a tie, and I'll take that as well. You know, but if that's the case, then, George, then why was he so blind to that possibility seemingly in the end? You know, I, you know, if he knows, and I understand that, and that's why I would have done it as well, knowing that, hey, listen, I got to survive 10 minutes. You know, I, I've survived 60. I can survive 10 more, so I got this extra ace up my sleeve. But then, you know, why wasn't he just automatically thinking that in overtime then? You know, wasn't he looking? You could tell the Raiders were not in any rush whatsoever to run another play. Then they were done. They, they were going to, you know, once they started that drive, by them not passing, clearly told me, if I'm on the Chargers' side, and I'll look at it from that standpoint because I'm watching the game, right? And I see the Raiders in no rush. I see them hand the ball off. I'm like, wow, uh, there's a minute and change left, and they're running the ball? Uh, automatically, I got to be th- saying, all right, it seems like they might be giving up here, but let's, you know, play, they were you know playing stay focused. They were playing I don't care football. The yeah. Raiders were playing I don't care football. Right. They had nothing to lose here, so why why take a chance to turning the ball over? They were playing I don't care football, and the Chargers couldn't stop it. This is all the Chargers running; well, they couldn't stop it. I don't even think the Raiders. They don't call that timeout. They only have to run one more play, though. That's the problem. If but they the don't call the timeout, saved, the timeout by Steele only saved four seconds, so a timeout actually meant nothing. 
you know, the problem with the timeout was it may have allowed the Raiders to get into a better play, you know, because uh, I don't know. I don't know if they changed their play. No idea. But it may have allowed them to get into a better play for the run. But even if he doesn't call a timeout, I mean, it was still going to be a 56-yard field goal. And Carlson can hit that. Right. So it may, it may not have mattered at all in the end. Now, I said, for me, I don't care about the timeout. I don't think that was a huge mistake. I don't. I don't think it played any part in it. Your problem was the Raiders didn't care, and you still couldn't stop the run. And you said they didn't throw the ball. I think they threw the ball in the one-third down pass. Oh, yeah, they were running the ball. Stop the run. Stop them once on the run, and this game was probably a tie. And you couldn't yeah. do it. You just couldn't do it. I found it interesting on that timeout, by the way. He replaced the, uh, the linebacker, uh, Murray, I believe, with uh, the safety. Unusual when you think your team's going to run that you're putting in a safety over uh, a linebacker. But you know, they also pointed out early on the game that uh, that safety had made several big stops on uh, the runs. Uh, tackles for losses there. So I guess that did make sense there. So I, said, I didn't have a big problem with the uh, a timeout. I honestly don't think it meant anything upon anything. But for the love of God, stop the run when you know the other team's trying to run the ball and they don't care about yardage. Yeah, and the one thing you brought out there that people tend to forget, they did call that timeout, right, late in the in the play clock. I mean, the again, Raiders showing no interest in running another play. I've said this a thousand times about these head coaches. X and O's, smarter than us, obviously, clearly. But when it comes to game nuances and, and when to call timeouts, when to challenge, when to do two-point conversions, when to kick field goals, when to go for it on fourth down, most of these guys are lost. They're just lost. You, you just – you watch the game. What are you watching? You see the Raiders just screwing around. They were ready to let the play clock go down to zero and take a five-yard penalty, for goodness sake. You didn't even need to call the timeout. I mean, they weren't at the line of scrimmage, like, all set to run a play. I mean, it's just, wow. He's he's clueless. I'm telling you. Listen, the guy, the guy was coaching at the peak of high like three years ago, literally. You know? All of a sudden, he's an NFL head coach. He looks like he's 15. And he coaches like he's 10. I, I don't get it. So, But that's all said. Uh, I forget how we got into this conversation. I, I like Arizona. <laughs> yeah, give, me, give me Arizona against uh, oh, that's right. Boy yeah. Wonder Senior. <laughs> that is again. how we got into this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm on Arizona as well, by the way. Uh, I'll take the points here. Uh, that, that's, that's my, uh, I think it's going to be a close game, so give me the points to Arizona. I forgot. I was thinking of Sydney. How did we get into this? Well, yeah, we yeah, did yeah. the Arizona game. So give me the Cardinals as well here. Uh, one thing about the uh, coaches and uh, nuances, which is really time management, throwing to throw a flag. I've always been able to believe, how do you not hire somebody who's an expert at this about when you should be calling a timeout? $10,000 a game, I told people I charge. 10000 a right. game, and I it's guarantee you I will win you at least one or two more games, and that will that – Okay, George, you there? I am here. I am here. I yeah, lost my sound weird. for a second there. Look, yeah, look so at that. I. So did I. Yeah. So. Okay, so was, uh, it, was it me? But yeah, ten thousand. Yeah, no, no different. Ten thousand a game. I'll run your. I'll run you. I can do it from my home. I don't even have to be at the stadium. Just hook me up with some earplugs. I'll talk to you. I'll tell you when to go for it. I'll tell you what to do. You know, and it sounds crazy, but they do have guys like that there. You know, just some teams do have, you know, guys that are, you know, the analytical people that are up in a booth and they're kind of determining what to do and when to do it. And, you know. Um, just think how bad Andy Reid uh, is or was. He was he was horrific for most of his career. He's got a little better now, but he's, he still calls timeouts at weird times. Yeah. These guys, and you know what it told is? Mike McCarthy. He, here's he here's Mike why. Mike McCarthy saved one. Dallas might be uh, the second seed. Yeah. Here's why. I've long reasoned this. You, I, all of the sports fans, 
we're watching probably, you know, if you're a college football fan as well, we're watching 25 to 30 games a, day, a weekend between the, you know, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night games. It, it, I bet it totals out between 25 and 35, right? So we're seeing 25 to 35 ends of every single game and no one watching them from start to finish. Coaches, they're not watching really any. You know, they may be able to sit down and watch a game or two, but most of their watching is game films, which is not game nuances. They're, you know, they'll tell you who the X's and O's are and what good players are, but they're not, you know, analyzing things for, you know, timeouts and two-point conversions and all that other stuff. They're basically clueless. You know, they really need to hop on Madden and, and play like a thousand games of Madden, and then they would be on board with the rest of the world, the betters and the gamblers and, the, and all the fans. Um, you know, coaches aren't like that. They're not sitting down watching NFL football from Monday or through Sunday uh, from 1 to 7 p.m. like we are, and then the Sunday night game or Saturday. They're, they're in their offices looking at game films and doing things. So, that's why we are smarter. We really are. I know it sounds cocky or whatever, but I, I firmly believe that. Um, these guys should all like play Madden football and get the get a good grip of when you call timeouts and all that other stuff. So anyway, got a hockey slate tonight. Decent little hockey slate, George. We got the you know four or five games, uh, including Red Hot Vancouver at Florida. That should be a good one. How about the Red Hot Nashville hosting Colorado? That should be a good one. And then, uh, you know, Red Hot Pittsburgh. I know they had their 10-game winning streak snap the other night, but they play at Anaheim in addition to a couple of others. So, uh, you know, we'll take a break, but when we come back, you get uh, some hockey plays for us tonight? Absolutely. Bye-bye, NHL. All right, we'll do, check, out that, check out that. And then uh, we got another shot on goal prop. Oh, I just love these. Love these shots on goal. And FanDuel has given us another gift tonight in one of the games. I'll tell you who and where you should put your money. That is next right here. Sports Grid Radio on this uh, Tuesday afternoon, 53, Pat Garrett, Scott Wilson, George Curtis. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And one more play for the Georgia defense. Georgia on the mountaintop. Demons be gone and the drought is over. National champions at long last. That's right, ESPN there with the call as Georgia does win last night, 33-18. Closing up shop here on a Tuesday. Got a full slate, or a decent little slate anyway of uh, NHL tonight. My shots on goal, prop winner tonight, uh, Alexander Barkov. Oh, he's one of our favorites. Uh, you guys uh, know that. You can look at uh, two and a half shots on, there you go. Two and a half shots on goal. Uh, you got to lay minus 176. I'm not a fan of that, but this guy is a shot machine. He gets three shots in, in the first period every single game. You absolutely love it. This, this has no business being two and a half. Lay the, the, the juice and uh, go over two and a half. That's your best hockey play of the night for me, George. I'm going to stick with this game as well. Give me uh, give me the over, right? Uh, Florida scores a ton of goals at home each and every game. Vancouver hasn't played in a while, but they got some players who can score goals too. Florida scores goals. They, they don't exactly have the greatest defense on the planet, but Brodsky's, you know, eh, average goaltender. So give me the over prop in this. I'm probably going to take Florida as well. If Jenny Malkin tonight returns for the Penguins, give me the Penguins ah. over Anaheim. 
and just found out that Dylan Larkin is out for the Red Wings. I don't know if that's COVID-related or not. Just know he's, he's out tonight. So I'm going to be on the Sharks, too, if you want to stay up late. All right, there you go. Yeah, give me an idea with Barkov. Now, he only had three last game, but he's had shots on goal three, five, seven, three, three, a two, a three. Had a little dry spell, a one and one. Three, four, six, five, two, three, three, four, two, five. And then the uh, first three games we're going to throw out because uh, he wasn't in game shape. One, two, two, one, two. You know, you throw out those first three games, and he's had at least three shots on goal in every game except one, two, three, four, five. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, 20 to five. I mean, and, and they continue to post two and a half for him. It's just he's amazing. the best unknown player in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. George, a pleasure as always. I think we're going to do it again tomorrow. So uh, good luck with your plays tonight, and we'll check in again tomorrow. You also.